Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Bootleg Football Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Coleman, here with my wonderful co-host, EJ Snyder. And this is our last podcast before the draft. You are hopping on a flight tomorrow to come down to uh, the living room that you see behind you. We're going to be doing the live stream all three days of the draft, live and in person. But for now, this is our last uh, real pod before the draft. EJ, how are you feeling? I'm Good. I'm tired, if we're being honest, but I think everybody that does draft work is tired right now, but it's that tired and excited right on the precipice. Um, Christmas is coming. Everybody knows it. Um, the rumor mill has cranked into overdrive this week. Uh, I, I don't know about you. I try not to. I just put the ear cans on and try not to listen to most of that stuff because it's usually just misdirection. But uh, Yeah, I think Trayvon Walker killed three people. <laughs> I, I think that's at least at today least. and i haven't checked the rosters yeah, I, I think no, aiden um, hutchinson single-handedly crashed the economy yes yes he was responsible i've heard that one <laughs> um and it's true no uh it is a, it's a fantastic time we're getting ready lots of things to lots of things to tow up we've got the last of our bootleg position rankings to put out those are going to be out before the draft uh come hell or high water and um no it'll be great to be great to be back in the living room where it all started and and cover you know three days of the draft plus our little kickoff on wednesday so i'm um, looking forward to it and uh, we can sleep all we want after the draft uh before we get into uh tonight's topic which is sort of kind of a mock draft but not really uh, i do want to take a moment to thank all of the new patrons that have joined over the last few weeks we have 70 upwards of 70 uh, new folks that have joined the Patreon in the last two weeks to support the show. Most of them looking for those position rankings. By the time this is released, we'll have most or all of them out, I would imagine. I think we only have like four more position groups or something like that to get to. Yep. Uh, edge, DT, interior offensive line, quarterback, and I think DB. Okay, it's so like six more Corner, positions. yeah. Corner. So, well. you know, we got, we got a few more to release, but we're getting on those in the next... 24 to 48 hours and getting those out before the draft. But thank you to everybody who has joined. Remember, if you're already a patron and you're listening to this, you do get access to uh, access to those position rankings. You also get access to a 20% discount on the merch store. So you can go check that out if you're so inclined to get some merch to support the show. Uh, it's pretty good stuff, if I say so myself. I'm wearing this beanie just as I have for every episode. And it, oh, and you got the hoodie on too? Look at us. Look yeah, at us being good at, at branding. Us. So uh, thank you to all you folks that have joined. Um, now, the the topic that we have for you tonight is a little bit different because it's sort of a mock draft, but 
we are doing a collaborative mock draft for the so-called draft controllers. So EJ, if you could take a moment to explain who are the teams that we consider to be controlling the draft and why we are specifically mocking for them tonight. So much of draft coverage gets focused on the top 50 picks, um, especially the top 100. And we really wanted to look at the teams that have three picks within the first 50 overall. With one exception, the Jaguars, they just have the first pick overall, so they have a ton of control, but we're going to let the computer pick for the Jags. We really wanted to focus on those teams that have multiple picks in that first 50, and therefore a ton of draft power, a ton of draft capital, and can really shape the first round with trades, trades up, trades back. Um, So those teams for 2022... Uh, And we've ranked them by a number of points. And our good friend Brad Spielberger over at PFF actually created a chart. And we're using Brad's chart that he made with his co-collaborator to give a total number of points to the picks that each team has. And we'll do them in descending order. First one is the New York Jets. They control 4, 10, 35, and 38 overall. That adds up on Brad's scale to 6,485 points. They are the number one draft controller, most draft capital um, in that first 50, most draft capital overall, actually, for the entire draft. Uh, New York Giants control 5, 7, and 36, 53.82 for points. Houston, 3, 13, and 37. So some high picks in there. 53-13 for overall points. Detroit, number two overall, number 32 overall, and then they pick again at 34, and that pick is going to be a kicker. We're going to see mm-hmm. that in our mock draft. Um, just over 5,100 points, 5,106 for Detroit. Now, I talked about the Jaguars. We're going to let the Jaguars, they only have the two picks, one and 33, but they are the first picks in both rounds, which turns out to be both days, right? So the first pick on day one, and now since the draft's divided into day two, the first pick on day two as well. So a lot of teams will be angling for that one player that slipped or the quarterback or whichever player uh, is there and, and possibly throwing some trade scenarios at Jacksonville. Always happens. Uh, Seattle with 940 and 41, so 4136 for overall points. And then New Orleans right behind them, 16, 19, and 49, uh, 4131. So only five points difference between New Orleans and Seattle. Uh, and then the last draft controller is Casey, who are really going to run the end of the first round with mm-hmm. picks 29 and 30. And then they have another one back at 50, right at our cutoff limit. Um, Philadelphia is an uh, honorable mention. We always love honorable mentions on this show. They're almost there. They have 15, 18, and 51. So they're just outside our top 50 window, but they come in at 31.63 for overall points because, again, uh, all those picks, uh, well, not all those picks, most of those picks, a little farther down the board, including 51. But we're not going to pick for KC. So we're going to pick for the Jets, the Giants, the Texans, the Lions, the Seahawks, the Saints, and the Chiefs. Um, and to do that, uh, we're going to use a site that I've used extensively all draft season uh, called NFL Mock Draft Database because it'll keep track of who's chosen and who hasn't. Um, and that's the system we're going to use, and it'll uh, it'll show everybody all the picks that we're going to make. And most importantly, you're going to set it to aggressive. <laughs> so the cor- so the the computer running the draft for all the other teams, it will make some wild picks, which ironically makes it more realistic because the less chalk 
you go, I found it to be a more realistic representation of what happens in the actual draft where all these different teams have different valuations and they start making wild ass picks, you know, pretty much all over the first round. So we set it to aggressive to, uh, to kind of simulate how wild the first round can be. So we're going to, we're going to reset real quick here. Uh, our wonderful editor Jay is going to do a quick little transition and that'll get us right into the mock draft. All right. So here we are on the NFL Mock Draft database, and as you can see, we've selected the Texans, the Giants, the Seahawks, the Lions, the Saints, the Chiefs, and the Jets. As we mentioned before, well, we'll be drafting for this year. We're only going to draft through two rounds. We're really just going to go through 50 picks, and then we'll use it at normal speed so we can see some of those other wild picks that are going to make fan bases fly into a fury and possibly (laughs) break their televisions. Uh, We did set it to aggressive because chaotic is just plain old off the rocker uh (laughs) realistic is largely choosing by the numbers so you can almost tell who's going to get picked picked next aggressive sets it in that more realistic mode where you get some uh interesting picks and you always get those in the draft uh we're not doing trades but it's set to strict and with that we are going to start our draft controllers mock draft Okay, Aiden Hutchinson, first overall to the Jaguars. Very predictable. We are now on the clock for the Lions. Now, maybe it's just me. I'm very tempted to go Malik Willis here. Where do you stand on that? I believe if they want Malik Willis, this is the pick they're going to have to use to do it. I don't know how sold they are on Willis. If I was drafting for the future... And I needed a quarterback. Willis would be that guy. He is on the top of my potential for quarterback list. Uh, But at number two, with Dan Campbell running the show, I'm not sure that they're sold. But you can never tell with with teams and quarterbacks. They get so much more information than we do. We see the tape, uh, you know, some interviews with the player. But they have so much more information in terms of meetings, being able to put them on the board, talk to coaches, talk to high school coaches, talk to trainers. We don't we don't get to do all of that. So um, I am tempted to throw the curveball uh, and make some people in Detroit smash their TVs, maybe preemptively, because it's not that we don't like Malik Willis. It's that uh, I believe if that happens, there will be some raging going on in the Motor City. Um, but typically their needs so far as we have them uh, are laid out at edge quarterback and wide receiver. And obviously everybody, but Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson are, is still on the board. So they have their choice. Um, a lot of people are not sure that they're sold on Kayvon Thibodeau either, um, as an edge. So could, could they throw a curveball and go for Trayvon Walker? Um, so I here, don't know. here's the thing. I, so I like Kayvon Thibodeau. I, I love Kayvon Thibodeau even. Yeah, me too. I don't think he's one of the three best edge rushers in this class. And I say that as somebody who loves Kayvon Thibodeau, I was, I was kind of adding up all my grades, you know, production grades, tape grades, measurables. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I ended up with a higher grade on Arnold Evakiti than I did on Thibodeau, which sounds like a hot take and it probably is, but. Yeah, it's funny because uh, my top tier is Hutchinson. Well, not not in any particular order. That order gets released <laughs> in a couple of days, but it's Hutchinson, Thibodeau, and Abikati. And I felt the same way. I was like, well, it probably take some heat for putting Abikati in the top tier, but I 
I don't think so. I, I think like you do that he is one of the premier talents at Edge. Would they take him at two? I doubt it. No, they probably wouldn't. But they might take no. they might take Walker. I, I could, Walker is I the see Walker. I think Thibodeau or Walker. So what are we gonna do? Are we gonna throw the big curveball for Willis or are we gonna throw the small curveball for Walker? I would personally vote Walker. All right. So we're gonna say the Detroit Lions pick Trayvon Walker from Georgia. We're gonna go ahead and draft him. And then we're on the clock again because we're in the thick of draft controllers here for the next four picks or next, you know, four picks overall, next three picks in a row. Um, Texans, you being the Texans fan, I'm going to lean on you for needs. Uh, We've got them listed as edge wide receiver and defensive back generally, not corner or safety. Um, You've got your pick at a litter. See, it's tough because like in my own mock draft for the film room channel, I I was like, oh, well, they're going to get one of the top two edges of, of Walker or Hutchinson, and they're both off the board in this scenario. So it's really tough for me. But that being Jeez. said, I do think there's some other really, really, really top-shelf talents that are available. And I'm kind of going like half predictive, half what I would do here in terms of mentality. I know they've been doing a lot of work on Derek Stingley, And I think when you look at the talent of Derek Stingley and the personality of Derek Stingley, I think he fits out of the available players that are here, because I would have gone Hutchinson or Walker, out of the players that are left. I think Stingley is the guy that that is left on the board that best matches what Houston is looking for in terms of having a shutdown corner who from what was described to me from my LSU friends that were in the building with him, quote, a quiet killer and that he shows up, does his job every single day, says five words, but he plays like a pro bowl corner. You're never going to have any issues with him ever. He's a pros pro. Um, grandfather actually played in the league and was, um, uh, I think, I think his grandfather was like paralyzed by Jack Tatum on the field, believe it or not. Huh? I know, yeah, wild story. But so he's got, you know, he's got football bloodlines and all that kind of stuff. But he's wildly talented corner, great kid, never going to have any issues, which just screams Texans. Like they love the quiet, good dudes that are talented if they can get them. All right. I'm sold. You sold me. We'll use the pick on Derek Stingley Jr., the corner from LSU. This is probably the only mock you're ever going to see Derek Stingley go top three, but. <laughs> I think we get to possible. do what we want we yeah. get to share we have co-gm power here yeah. so that brings us to the first pick of the jets uh now this is one we talked about pre-show needs are corner edge and wide receiver uh not necessarily in that order uh but they do want to come out of these top four picks that they have with a player in each of those areas i have to imagine that's true so if that's the case if we're looking at who's left at edge Kayvon Thibodeau sitting there, and I I have trouble believing that Robert Sala wouldn't pick him as a talent. Their defensive line is loaded, but he's sitting there, and they probably didn't think he would be. Um, but again, that's that's the way the draft happens. If we're looking at wide receiver, there's Garrett Wilson, who's been mocked to them a lot, Drake London, who gives them a very different dimension uh, than the receivers they currently have in the building. Uh, and then at corner... There's Sauce Gardner sitting there who, if you're talking about a plug-and-play corner, um, 
when we were talking about our player rankings, I said that Sauce's ceiling in our all-ceiling team was Darrell Revis, like prime Darrell Revis, where you basically give him half the field and say, we're not worried about it. Um, so given that they've got all those options, which way do you lean with the first pick? Because they've got another one coming up here mm. pretty quickly. But with four, who do you think's not going to be there at their second pick? Because that's really what it comes down to. I, I, oh man, I don't think Jamison Williams is going to be there because I, you know, you look at at 10 because Atlanta could take him. The Giants Uh absolutely could take him. You know, if the Panthers aren't satisfied with the remaining offensive line options, you know, let's say they have their, they're really dialed in on a certain tackle and the Giants take him like, would it, would it shock me if they take James Williams? No, like I think legitimately the Falcons and the Giants are the, are the biggest threats, but either way, like even Seattle could, we're talking about the real draft here, even Seattle could take that ninth pick, trade down with somebody who's trying to jump the Jets for James Williams. I just, I don't, I don't believe he's going to be there at 10. I really don't. So you, you're leaning Jamison Williams at four over Thibodeau, over Sauce Gardner. That's my only problem with that in terms of if I'm the GM, I know that wide receiver has one of the lowest hit rates in the first round. I love Jamison Williams. He's my wide receiver one. We should get that out of the way first. That that ranking's already been released. That's out in the wind. Everybody knows that. Um, I love Jamison Williams. I think he would be a really good fit. With Zach at quarterback, I think Zach could get him the ball on those on those deep shots, whether it's from the pocket or rolling out. So I like the fit, but what I'm looking at is, man, how am I going to feel if Jamison Williams turns out to be one of those guys that's a guy, and Sauce Gardner goes on to be Sauce Gardner because like Sauce is probably one of the safer picks in the draft. So you could very right. easily sell me on Sauce because at minimum there's going to still be a receiver there at ten. That's what I'm thinking is if you pick Sauce at four with literally no receivers off the board, I don't think all three of those top guys, or quite frankly, with as much as I love Chris Olave, four of those guys are certainly not going to be off the board in the next six picks. So you pick Sauce and you get a very nice consolation prize of a receiver that that helps your room really no matter what, because I think any of those four do. You could sell me on that for sure. Okay sold to the man in the bootleg hat all right one sauce gardener coming up at four two corners in the top four is not what i expected but here we are well welcome (laughs) welcome to the draft especially this draft because there are very few locks right there are very few chalk picks there are very few agreements on even who is the top player at each position group and that is rare yeah well we got every tackle available for the giants at five I personally lean Evan Neal because he he, ha- he already has experience at right tackle. You don't have to teach him anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, the, people are all over the place in terms of which tackles they prefer between Evan Neal, Ike Mekwanu, Charles Cross. I don't necessarily think there's a wrong answer. Mm-mm. For me personally, I would go Evan Neal, though, just because you, you don't have to train him to do anything. He's already done right tackle before. Yeah, my grades on Icky and Evan Neal are very close, although they have different strengths. Their overall grades are very close. Icky was my top tackle, Evan Neal was my number two, and Charles Cross was my number three. But if you've got the choice of the top two, why bother with three? I'm fine with going Evan Neal um, and giving him 
to Dable and the rest of the Giants staff and letting him protect Daniel Jones from all those fumble-causing hits. All right, so this is the first computer pick was Kayvon Thibodeau at number six for Carolina. So you're taking Brian Burns and putting Kirkland brand Brian Burns across from him. I, I mean, I don't hate it. Not uh, we're not gonna we're not gonna <laughs> one critique computer picks and two the Panthers because the Panthers are in a they're one of the weirdest teams this year in terms of what they're gonna do with their picks because the other thing about doing that is now they got they basically have to sign Baker right because they don't have another pick for a long time i mean unless they just want to be bad and get well, Bryce young too. or will levis or whoever yeah yeah like, they could sure, just be so. bad like i don't yeah. think there's any shame in that yeah if they don't trade down the panthers are one of those fascinating teams and again not one of our draft controllers because literally they have one pick in the top 10 they don't have another pick and well into the hundreds so there's gonna be a long gap for panthers fans if they don't trade down and pick up some picks they traded down a lot last year but they did not trade down with their top pick so it'll be really interesting to see what carolina does even though they're not really swinging the draft and we're right back to the giants it feels like they just picked they did uh, we already chalked off their OT need. Um, now they've got edge uh, and interior offensive line listed as their other needs. Um, if we're talking about edge, Jermaine Johnson's not can I, bad. Can I throw something out? Of course. Given this scenario, which I didn't, it, I, I kind of didn't really expect this to be an option. So there hasn't been, uh, I don't believe there's been any receivers off the board yet, right? This is kind of coming up as a scenario where I think there might be some receivers there in the front end of round two for them, just because we're, we're not already huh. three deep. Sure. What would you feel about going to Quanu and putting him at guard and making yeah, sure that nobody ever touches Daniel Jones again? Yeah, I know that you want to do that. I mean, come on, if you come out with Neil and Aquanu... I, I think Aquano would be the guard of those two in that scenario, but it also gives you, in my mind, some insurance. If one of your tackles goes down that now you're starting icky at left and Neil at right. And I don't think anybody would be really upset with that. My only piece is Brian Dable knows what an alpha wide receiver gives an mm -hmm. offense. And they're already kind of, making motions about moving on from Kadarius Tony, who wasn't an alpha, but you know, they're already sort of cleaning out their wide receiver core. And he was there when they traded for Stefan Diggs. And so was Joe Schoen. Like Joe Schoen was there too. So they know, and they did that on purpose. And I think it would be very tempting if they think one of these top three or four guys is that guy, right? If they believe that Jameson Williams is, or they believe that Drake London is, those would kind of be the top guys for me at that sort of outside alpha X spot. And they go, this is going to be this, the straw that stirs our drink on offense. They didn't think they were going to get their shot at all of them. They probably thought that one, maybe two of them would be off the board by now. I, I think you can get a guard later on that really helps you. I'm not so sure. Well, I guarantee you're not finding another Drake London or a Jamison Williams farther on down. So, well, we I did say earlier that Jamison, you know, we said earlier, Jamison Williams is like, not, not somebody you're going to get twice, you know, like it's nope. you, when you have your shot, 
All right, well I say it. they take the shot with Jamison Williams. Could be could be London, could be Williams. I, I don't really care which. I, I know people have their preferences. Which one do you prefer? I would go Jamison Williams. All right, Jamison Williams it is. He's the least replicable skill set of the day two receivers. Oh, the Falcons go Kyle Hamilton at eight. Oh, God. There will be, there will be unrest. Unrest in Atlanta. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Um, and now we get down to the first of the Seahawks picks at nine. Mm. Um, is Charles Seattle, Cross there? Uh, he is. And I think Icky's still there. Did he go? No, Icky's still there. I <sighs> I know that they've been linked to Cross, but it's, I think, typically because they thought Neil and Icky would be gone if it was me and I was presented, I like both of these players a lot. But if you give me a choice between Icky or Cross, I'm going to go with Icky, especially with Pete Carroll's proclivity to run the ball and Icky's run blocking. Like and In a vacuum, I, for like pure pass protection, I go Cross. But considering the team this is and what they like to do, which is run the ball, how can you not go Aquano? Yeah, it's Icky. So, Icky comes to the Northwest. That'd be fun. Um, all right, and we're right back to the Jets again. This is this is the New York draft through and through. Um, and when you add in Philadelphia, who just missed being three in the top 50, you're really looking at the sort of turnpike draft here. Um, so, the Jets, the first time around, went with Gardner. Now, we look at the wide receiver core, and they've still got their choice between Wilson, London, Olave, Really, I think those are probably the choices. And given the skill sets on the Jets, they've got Corey Davis. They do not seem at all sold on Mims. Uh, they've got our favorite old Miss killer uh, in the slot, most likely. So who would you take between Wilson and probably London? Um, I would lean London just because Zach Wilson is so good at throwing you know, those lobs up outside the numbers deep down the field, which is what Drake London excels at. Uh, I think that it's, you know, it's like putting Shaq with Kobe. Like, <laughs> Kobe throws it up, Shaq slams it down. Like, that's that's that duo to me. So, in with Jameson Williams being off the board, I think it's a no-brainer. Like, you take Drake London at 10 and laugh your way to the bank. Done. All right. So, McDuffie goes to the Commanders. Malik Willis to the Vikings. I don't, you know, the computer, I actually agree with that one. Uh, you know, planning for post-Kirk Cousins life in Minnesota. Uh, they've got Cousins for this year. We've talked about Malik Willis really needing a year and not having to start right away. That's the best thing for his development because, again, tremendous physical skills, great mental acumen as well. But a big jump coming from Liberty's offense. Uh, I wrote up in my in my little blurb about Willis that 
unlearning all the bad things that he's figured out behind Liberty's offensive line running for his life is going to be a lot of his development. Just like, no, no, trust your blockers. It's different. These these guys are going to hold up. So yeah. I'm, I don't hate it. They can't get rid of Kirk until 2024 because his dead money cap hit in 2023 because the void years is $48.8 million. But giving Malik Willis two years on the bench is not the worst thing in the world. No, it's not. There would, there would again, be unrest in Minnesota, but that's why we like aggressive. Um, all right, Texans, second pick. So we got to get somebody to pair with Stingley Jr., um, you know their needs as well as anybody. Ah, uh, man, it's it's tough for me to not go Garrett Wilson here and just kind of make Davis Mills' life a little bit easier. Because he actually – I thought Davis Mills played pretty well for a rookie. Like I I thought he played extremely well for Vastly a exceeded expectations. And I yeah. think I kind of want to see what he's got. So giving him more weapons and, you know, add some interior pass protection on day two, which is where there's a million dudes that can do that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of down for that. Give me Garrett Wilson. All right, Garrett Wilson it is. And I, the Houston Texans find themselves in a very interesting position of we drafted a guy that was kind of a guy, and it turns out he could be our young quarterback, yeah. at least for now going forward, at an extremely cheap rate. Um, yeah, let's run with that. And so it allows them the flexibility to not have to be like, well, Malik Willis is off the board and man, we need a quarterback or we're not going anywhere. They're like, we've got Mills. We can take, you know, uh, ostensibly on the top of even this list, but a lot of lists, the top receiver on the board. Um, so Jordan Davis to the Ravens. Oh man, that's wow. so Ravens. That is so Ravens. <laughs> it's so Ravens. And then Carlaftis to philadelphia keeping that strong d-line tradition going there and the first pick for the saints which is going to be a little bit different because while the gm is the same the coaching staff is different uh we are in definitely definitely in the post drew Brees era now um year two of that uh saints have a lot of choices here they could go wide receiver they could go quarterback they really need offensive line they got rid of their stalwart offensive left tackle um so let's take a look at the tackle market. And Charles Cross is sitting there. Not a not a long flight from Mississippi State to How New Orleans. How could you not? I mean, I have I I expect them to trade up for Cross to begin with. Like I think that's why they were they were getting those picks. Getting the is because they're they're trying to load up assets to go get Cross anyway. So if he's already there at sixteen, you might as well. Yeah, it fits their it fits their mold, their development mold to a T to like grab a super athletic guy who needs a little bit of development less than the last one, quite, quite frankly. Um, and they do a great job developing offensive linemen in new Orleans. So great landing spot for cross and, and a natural fit. I'm with you. So Charles cross becomes a saint. Ooh, Nicobe Dean to the to chargers. The chargers. Okay. And then, Devin Lloyd to the Eagles. So Dean goes before Lloyd. That to me is that's the aggressive kicking in there. Uh, I think Eagles fans would be super pleased. I've seen Devin Lloyd mock the Eagles, um, you know, more than probably any other team. And you pair him with Carl Aftis, that defense gets some teeth. I know people are clamoring for more weapons for, you know, for Hertz, but there's more weapons in this draft. It's we're just talking about the top 50 picks. Uh, so premium picks on defense for the Eagles, Nicobe Dean, 
ends up heading out to LA in your neck of the woods, that would be super fun, quite frankly, to have him playing in front of Derwin. Oh man. Good time. Man. Ooh, actually okay. I'm on I'm on board. I'm on board. Yeah, all of a sudden you're yeah. like, I like that pick. <laughs> uh he would be great to watch. That would be that would be worth the ticket to to get into so five four. Um and the Saints very quickly again, uh, you know, having traded up to get these double up picks they didn't end up having to bundle them to move up to get their tackle they stay put in this particular scenario and their tackle falls to them so you've got wide receiver or quarterback now if we're a wide receiver oh boy i mean alave is tempting here i would be hard pressed not to go alave but looking at quarterback i don't think they covet pickett because of potential lack of upside pickett spent a very long time in college he's one of the most polished signal callers coming out but he's probably just about everything he's going to be as well and if they're not completely sold on that in terms of the west coast model and lots of crossing routes mesh um i don't think pickett's on their radar and the rest of the quarterbacks not as highly ranked as a player like alave who i think is one of the best wide receivers in this draft uh, it would be, ah, man, I to come out of the first round with Charles Cross, Chris Olave, like it's, it's hard to do better than that. I think that's a double win for New Orleans. Yeah. So we're just going to go Chris Olave. Yeah. As much as I want to sort of stuff him in my back pocket and reunite him with Justin Fields later on, um, <laughs> yeah, no, Chris Olave becomes a saint. Oh, Pickett stays in town and goes to the Steelers. We'll scroll back through these picks real quick give everybody a look at what the computer thought was was worthwhile so Pickett stays in pittsburgh uh Traylon burks to new england i've seen this mm. fit matched before um he'd be really interesting as a very serious yak threat mixed with mac who is accurate and on time on the short and underneath throws burks's strength well he has two in my mind one is ridiculous yak from small throws underneath and that can be screens tunnel screens quick slants unders um all that stuff and the other one is just beating guys up down the field and out muscling them to win at the catch point he just like overwhelms them physically um and you know mac can take advantage of that he's not a bad deep ball thrower but boy all those short right on time super crisp throws from him uh Traylon Burks turning those into much longer gains I think would be very attractive to the New Orleans coach or sorry the New England coaching staff Daxton Hill becomes a Packer um you know <laughs> with all these receivers on the board if they take a safety oh yes oh Packer Nation's gonna be livid but and I love it, Daxton Hill but come on <laughs> it continues the tradition of one of the safeties I like the most in the draft becoming a Packer because I was a huge Darnell Savage fan and they took him too. So Daxon Hill, very versatile player, uh, would give him a lot of options on defense. But yes, there would be some cries for offense. Zion Johnson of the Cardinals, I don't hate that at all. I think Love that it. is a really solid pick. Uh, Linderbaum to the Cowboys. A lot of people have said that Linderbaum reminds them of Travis Frederick uh, in in play style, ends up in a in a similar destination Devonte wyatt to the bills not a fit i've seen but i like it i think he fits their their profile in terms of they like to bring defensive linemen in waves they want them to be fresh always you know if they yes. give them 30 snaps a game but it's 30 
30 snaps of fire and brimstone. You know, I think a third down package with like Wyatt and uh, thinned out Epinesa on the corner. Thinned out Epinesa. Um, who's the who's the uh, Rousseau who had a pretty yeah. good rookie year? Like really good rookie year, much better I, than hmm. I thought he might. That that could be yeah. fun. I like that. It's a it's a lot of talent. So they're they're gonna bring. They don't have too many needs. And again, at twenty five, you're looking at Devonte Wyatt, and you go, well, hard to do better than this. Why uh, not? We'll we'll make it work. Uh, Roger McCreary to the Titans, interesting. Pl- would play inside for them, but I think his demeanor would be Mike Vrabel through and through. He is a tough guy. Uh, loves to play physically and in people's faces. Some people worry about the arm length, but he's one of those guys. I said that he was my guy in this draft for shouldn't possibly work at his position, but absolutely does. He's just uniquely sticky. Like it's weird. Like he reminds <laughs> oh, me of a, who, who's the, who's I, the guy? With I the, cannot wait for the comments. You ever watch uh, the replacements where they got like the, the elephant sweat on the hands and the ball just, sticks like roger mccurry yes. just like before every single game he coats himself in elephant sweat and just sticks himself to the receiver because like he is in the hip pocket every single Always. play he is yeah. pesky uh, did you watch him against Jahan dotson yeah yeah like Jahan couldn't shake him no he couldn't he hassled him, him hard yeah. all game like there were there were very few options for dotson to make uncontested plays which is where some of the worry about dotson comes from but kair elam ends up as a buck um yeah yeah I'm don't right. don't dislike it uh he that's an aggressive secondary and and he would be a replenishment piece for them and then Kenyon green man that's tough daxton hill and Kenyon green two players i really like becoming packers uh seems a bit high for packers to invest on the interior offensive line they tend to do that lower and those guys end up as killers anyways but Kenyon green is wildly talented and yet who's gonna catch the ball <laughs> Yes, yes. As all as all about. Packers fans would be asking, because honestly, we've stayed on wide receiver there on our availables, and they've got the choice of Pickens or Sky Moore, Jahan Dotson, all of which, uh, you know, Aaron could make use of very well because he makes you know chicken salad out of chicken feathers all the time with their receiving core. But those guys are not chicken feathers. Those guys are <laughs> talented wide receivers. So uh we get down to the kansas city portion of the draft which is 29 and 30 back to back they get their choice here their needs wide receiver certainly with tyree kill moving on uh edge gotta replenish that and then corner is a, a lower key need but again if the opportunity presents itself to get a top quality corner we've got booth kyler gordon i think would fit pretty well for them woolen definitely would but he's far farther down the board i would consider booth or gordon here um in terms of wide receiver Pickens seems like a fit to me and in terms of edge boy all of them yeah (laughs) but like ojabo you're not going to get anything out of uh, for most of the year if at all but Jermaine Johnson and Boye Mafe, um, I kind of man out of those options, I still would lean Abikiti though. Yeah, Abikiti would be my fire in a bottle for sure because he would bring them. Again, we talk about elements they don't have. What's in their room, and how do you want to supplement that? Right now, Kansas City does not have an Abikiti. 
right? No. And and what's funny, because my comp for him is uh, one of the best Chiefs of the last, I don't know, 20 years, Justin Houston. I think it's like yeah. almost the exact same profile. A little bit shorter, still has length, extremely explosive, corners really well, a lot of power. Like, it's it's Justin Houston. All right, so we get to do the double here. Amy Kitty can be one of our picks. Probably should be the second one. Doesn't really matter. It's a little bit of salary, but uh, who are we going to sandwich Amy Kitty with uh, in terms of either wide receiver or corner? I kind of feel receiver here just because I want the fifth-year option. Yep. Because I think you know receiver is insanely expensive, and just having one extra year before the cap hit explodes yeah. will be nice. They're in a rough spot because all three of the positions they need are premium positions. Like yeah. wide receiver, corner, and edge, like the top contract for all those positions is hefty. Out of these receivers, who would you want? I'd be hard-pressed not to go with Pickens. Okay. Uh, if I, you know, if I want outside, and they played Hill more outside than everybody's always slot guy is fast Uh, he'll had a lot of reps outside because again kansas city has a ton of motion so he might have started the slot and you know whoever's outside motions in and now he's basically playing outside i I just think pickens ability to track the ball deep works very well with mahomes strength he has some of the best hands in this draft and he also is one of the most ferocious blockers Mm -hmm. in this draft and with all the creative runs that Kansas City likes to try, they don't all work. But, you know, <laughs> when they do, if you get a ferocious edge block, it can turn a 10-yard run into a 35-yard run. And Pickens will do that regularly because he will get in people's face. And um, there have been – well, they're not whispers. Like, he actually got kicked out of a game for throwing a corner into a wall. Um, and Kansas City famously has a pretty relaxed tolerance with – player character issues so yeah, i think that's one way to put is it. Fit. yeah <laughs> relax tolerance oh, okay anyway yeah I, I i think we're in agreement here george pickens and uh on rebecca back to back yeah yeah seems reasonable to me that's a hell of a haul i love both of those players um yeah i so think Chiefs got... fans would not riot Ooh, uh, Bengals take Lewis Seen at 31 to pair with uh with Jesse there. I yeah. mm, that's mean. I like yeah, that. Yeah, that is a that is a adding to a strength, right? We both love Jesse Bates as an all everything safety, especially good in the deep third by himself. Lewis Seen really good at running the alley from too high and hammering run fits. Can play deep you play deep mostly, actually, if you look at the safety usage. Um for all the top safeties in this draft, if you look at how many times they were deployed deep in the box or in the slot, Scene was predominantly a deep safety. Like and the, still making tackles at the line of scrimmage because he's a human missile. Yeah, he has so. a massive amount of range. And- we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And now we get to the portion that is going to be really interesting. Last pick of the first round, which is always hot real estate for anybody that wants that fifth year of control and people, you know, moving up. We're not doing any trades in this particular draft, but expect Detroit to get some action on that pick. Um, And even if they don't, you know, it is over day one to day two, but within three picks in the draft, they have two of them. Uh, This is going to fill the coffers in Detroit. So if you are looking at this final slot in the first round with the optional fifth year of control, uh, which is part of the CBA, who do you go for with the Lions? Now, way up at the top. We took Walker, right? We took Trayvon Walker. Right. So we've got our edge. They Mm. need QB. They need wide receiver. Um, They've got some good options at wide receiver. But again, there's, I think, four good options at wide receiver there, and they've got a pick coming up two picks from now. It is on the next day, but it's literally two picks from now. Maybe wide receiver isn't the thing. If you're going to go quarterback, do you, for the fifth-year option, snag Corral or Ritter? I would think Ritter would be their choice schematically to give themselves as many options as possible. Again, doesn't have to play right away. They're expecting to play golf this year, uh, and Ritter could be brought along and work on some of those holes in his game and still have four years' worth of contract left after next season. So uh, kind of playing this out of my head, because everybody just assumes, you know, with the quarterback class being stronger next year, Mm -hmm. oh, Detroit's going to be in position to get Bryce Young or – CJ sure. Stroud or Willow, whoever your QB one is next year. Yep. They're going to be like, ah, they're going to be in prime position to get them. I'm not so sure about that because <laughs> Detroit was in a lot of games last season and they lost some, some games from some weird freaky bullshit that I can't, <laughs> I can't promise is going to happen two years in a row. Like they might end up with like the eighth or the ninth pick because their roster does have some strengths. I think they have a talented totally. young offensive line. I think we're adding to weapons in this draft. Like Jared Goff, say what you want about him. I I think he you can win games with Jared Goff. Sure. Um, like they have some defensive pieces. They still got to restock the cupboard, but it's not like they're completely bereft of talent. I just think this was a team that played really hard, had some bad luck, lost more games than they probably should have. They're still not a good team yet but I don't necessarily think they're going to be bad enough to get first overall. So I kind of look at the quarterback situation right now in terms of developing a guy because you can get out of Jared Goff's contract really easily next year. Where do you put Desmond Ritter versus Will Levis or Jerkovich or you know any of those quarterbacks? If you think you're going to get the fourth quarterback next year, it's like, do you think Desmond Ritter is as good as those guys? In which case you might as well take him now and let him sit and learn so he's ready to go next year. And then you don't have to worry about the quarterback class next year. And you can use that quarterback class next year to trade for a bunch more picks to surround Ritter with even more talent. So it's, it's an interesting dilemma here. Yep. I'm going to, I'm going to bring up something else. And this is a classic 
study and what happens in the draft. And, and you can't guarantee it by any stretch, but it happened in this draft, so we're going to talk about it. They took Trayvon Walker at two. Mm-hmm. Solid pick. They're sitting here at 32, and they have their choice of Tremaine Johnson or Boye Mafe if they want help this year. Like David Ajabo is, I think, a clearly better edge rusher when healthy than both of those guys. I would, I would agree. Yeah, but Jermaine Johnson is a very solid football player right now, and I think he has more potential than he got to show at Florida State, which is kind of scary because when he flashed at Florida State, it was unbelievable. And he's a great run defender right now. He is one of, if not the best, edge setter as an edge in this class against the run. And then Boy Mafe is just all everything. He's productive. He's wildly athletic. He's one of the better dropping edges in this draft, so he gives you some defensive flexibility there. Um, you know, so what could you have done it to again, if you knew and you don't know that Johnson Mafe and quite frankly, Cameron Thomas, but that's a little bit farther down are going to be there. Like the opportunity cost of taking Trevon Walker at two and having those guys on the board staring in the face, which are arguably, I mean, Jermaine Johnson, if we go to all is the best player remaining on the board and he's still there and could got him at 32. So it's just one of those things that happens. You can't be sure of it, but the opportunity cost for going away from positions, you know, as opposed to, Oh, if we think Detroit needs a wide receiver, we're down to wide receiver, like four or five. Words. More than that, even because yeah. I, I got Jahan Dotson is wide receiver eight. Yeah, you know, so out there. De- depends on them. So, yeah. do we go with Ritter? And again, we've got to pick two picks from now, so we can get whoever else. But really, for that fifth year of control, do we go for the quarterback? Do we swing big there? Do we think we want a receiver under that fifth year of control again for the cost, or do we want to say like, hey, we're not sure that Jeff Akuda is the deal, and we're gonna go grab Andrew Booth or Kyler Gordon? I think. This is tough. Yeah, it's not easy. This is where everybody's like, I want to be the GM. And then this happens, and they're like, I don't want to be the GM. I think I would swing for the fences with Christian Watson. So we're getting the fifth-year option because Jacksonville's not taking a quarterback at 33 anyway. Yep. And if we want to, we can take Ritter at 34. And if he works out to the point where, you know, oh, we end up having to pay – Desmond Ritter, $45 million a year in three years or $50 million, whatever the going rate is. Fine. Oh, no, we took a good quarterback. Yeah, nobody us. cares at that point. <laughs> if it works out, nobody cares. And, you know, notably, some very good quarterbacks have come out of the top of the second round. <clears throat> Drew Brees. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, like all right. Carr, you wanna... too, actually. Yep. There's a lot of decent, very top of the second round quarterbacks because it's this situation, right? They just didn't go as the last pick and then day two everybody goes oh my god the quarterback's still on the board go get him um so we're gonna swing for the fences with watson and and pick up ritter on the return sounds like hopefully unless jacksonville through the well, computer you know really it is it is aggressive shit. but it is aggressive. all right so watson headed to detroit oh it's a penning penning okay all right, all right. yeah beefing bring, up that offensive line bring and me then, desmond ritter Bring me Desmond Ritter. All this right. is a pretty good draft for Detroit so far. Not Detroit, lie. I mean, they had a great draft last year as well, so I would not be surprised by that part of it. Um, and then the Jets hit the sort of 
back half of this turnaround, right? They've, they've got all Ooh. those picks. They got that picks up high, and now we've got 35 and 38. Two picks within the next four uh, belong to the Jets. And funny enough, the two sandwich picks in the middle are also held by draft controllers, the Giants and the Texans. So, you know, we're not just because we're out of the first round doesn't mean the influence of the draft controllers is over. They're going to run the top of the second round, too. They hold, when we say they hold all the cards, I can't remember a draft. I was thinking about this the other day. I can't remember a draft where this many team had concentrations of picks. Usually it feels like there's about half this many teams that have three picks in the top 50. Maybe one has four, but like there's three or four, like, oh, if you're going to, if you're going to trade, you go trade with those guys. Or if anybody's going to trade up, it's going to be these three teams. There's, seven or eight teams on our list here and they are absolutely going to run the top 50 picks of this draft and as long as you don't need a quarterback this is actually a pretty good draft to have a lot of picks <laughs> you know, I there's a lot of a lot of fully agree here. which as a chicago fan is is a thing yeah right is like hey it's have your quarterback of the future you don't need to go digging for one because it is a tough year to go digging for a quarterback doesn't matter through trade through free agency through the draft so little recap of what the Jets already have on board. They ended up with Sauce Gardner and Drake London, not a bad haul at the top of the first round. That takes wide receiver, well, ostensibly takes wide receiver and corner off their list. And again, they have two of the next four. Uh, their unmet needs um, really you know goes I'm back to edge. And they have a lot of choices at edge. If you can start with... Just looking at how their defense is structured, they yep. the only piece they could still use is that lighter, fast, you know, weak side edge that you're putting at a nine technique and saying go hunt. You know, you do have Carl Lawson coming off the Achilles. They they got Jacob Martin, who I think is is a good player as well. Mm-hmm. But if you can get another one mm-hmm. with Boye Mafe yeah. at thirty five, and you start your draft with Sauce Gardner, Drake London, and Boye Mafe. Yeah, and you Oof. put Boye Mafe with Robert Sala, who's very used to developing hyper athletic edge, uh, you know, Sam, interior linebacker prospects, like all that. Uh it's a good spot. So I'm I'm fine with Mafe as the first one and we'll deal with the second one as we get to it. Um from an opportunity cost, if you weren't gonna go edge, where would you go? Because there's a boatload there's really what i would consider you know three edges that are going to play this year four edges overall and there's only four more picks until you pick again if you weren't going to pick edge here Mm. who what would you pick and i'll go to all so you can just see what's floating out there now is about when you start to look at Brees hall um it's when you start to look at uh kenneth walker those are the two guys that most people have is either rb1 or rb2 I, personally, I would I would lean Walker, but I completely understand why people like Brees Hall. It doesn't really matter to me. You're going to get a good running back. Um, oh. I, I think Petrie would be interesting. I just saw Petrie and thought, oh, man, what would Solid do with Petrie? He hasn't had that role typically. If we think about the safeties in San Francisco when he was there, they didn't really have that sort of hunting badger star role. Hold up. Role. Go down. Yeah. You seeing what I'm seeing? That Ryman's still there? Yeah. Yeah, he's 
He's our fourth tackle. So Ry- Ryman is your swing? Because, again, I do not know how much fire is behind all this Mackay Becton smoke. I don't know what's going on there. I have yeah, no idea. If but... Neither do I. If it's true, and we both love Mackay Becton as a prospect, uh, they seem set with right tackle with Fant. Um, but if they aren't settled on Mackay Becton or they're you know willing to move him, which we haven't heard that yet. Again, we don't know anything about mm-hmm. Becton. We... We believe that he's the future there at left tackle. If they're not sold on that and Ryman's sitting there, that would be where I would go if I didn't take edge. But I'm I'm leaning towards Mafe and see where the chips fall. I, I would agree, but man, if Ryman's there at 38, three picks from now. <laughs> and you don't like Becton, I'm with you. You you take the swing. So all right, boy Mafe heads to the big apple, hanging out with Robert Sala. That puts us same city, different team. Uh, back to the Giants uh, for 36 overall. And we've got at the top to recap, they took Evan Neal and Jamison Williams. So they got their tackle. They got their wide receiver. Uh, really now we're talking about edge for them. And again, a really good spot to be in. Or interior offensive line. Eileen... Um... With, uh, with Edge here, with Jermaine Johnson. I don't know about you. Jermaine Johnson is very hard to ignore because he – I don't think the rating they have here of 11 is an overrank. I mean, I, I would imagine he's in that range. He's a little bit lower for me, but he is solidly a middle-of-the-first-round player, and we are starting to you know, get out of the top of the third part. There, of- there's been buzz that the Jets are looking at him at four. I understand, and there are, there are people that have him ranked um, as their top edge. Doug Farrar for USA Today has Jermaine Johnson as his top edge. So if he's sitting there and you're at 36, you consider yourself lucky and take him as long as there's not some crazy video that's been released uh, to tank <laughs> Let, his Laramie Tunsil stock. style, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, all right, Jermaine Johnson, pretty easy sell for Giants fans there. And now we're back to the Texans at 37. Um, who do we who do we take for them already again? Yeah, just to we, recap Stingley for the Texans, and... we got Stingley and Garrett Wilson. It's a great start. Yep. Um, man, I'm still so, kind of also thinking edge or more weapons or um, maybe the running backs. I don't know. I would probably because the edge rotation right now because they lost Jacob Martin, who I happen to really like as a player, um, is kind of like a fire breather off the edge. So right now their edge rotation is Jonathan Grenard, who's vastly exceeded my expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, you got Ogbonia uh, Okoronkwo. God damn it, I always mess up this name. Okoronkwo. Jordan Jenkins. Derek Rivers, like they need an edge. I'd probably go Cameron Thomas. Well, is, is that's I mean? one thing. Oh, Petrie. <laughs> Sorry. All right. To. Yeah. Yeah. Give me Jimmy I mean, Petrie. He's Petrie or Brisker, right? Because Petrie, Petrie to me, I don't know. Yes, he's he's listed as a safety. I really think he's a nickel. And if you look at his usage. He spent the vast majority of his time. We talked about Lewisine spending the vast majority of his time deep out of deep in the box or slot. Petra spent like 
the wild majority of the time in the slot. Yeah, like no, there. he was that that star position in the. Yeah, he's that five. star up close yeah. and just wrecking things. Great player. So, um, you know, you've you've got your corner in Stingley, your true corner, your boundary corner in Stingley, and then you add a, a Petrie in the slot, and your secondary just got really difficult to mess with. So also, he is one of the most exceptional football character guys in this class mm. which houston loves um my ding ding buddy, ding yeah i have a buddy that was around jamal adams at lsu and was around petrie at baylor uh and he said that even including jamal adams petrie is the best leader he's ever seen at the collegiate level so sounds like a texan <laughs> it sounds like a texan all right so now we're back to the jets and ryman survives sign he- me up he makes it there, and we're just, I think at this point, we'll take a look at the all, uh, but we're just going to take him as insurance in case there's anything going on with Becton injury or otherwise. You're giving up on, you know, some receiving options for sure. Jahan Dotson, uh, Ojabo would be a good, you know, person to couch, but we've already got an edge for them. Uh, running threats are there, but probably will be there later. Um, you're getting down into three techs, which, or, you know, Travis Jones, who's great, but they have interior defensive line, uh, with the jets. I, I'm with you. I think Ryman is a, you know, why not? Which bums me out deeply because I would love to take him with the next pick. Um, but we'll throw a curveball and yeah, this just Bernard kills Ryman the bears. Goes. Oh, Kyler Gordon. Okay. Kyler Gordon, I'm not upset with at all. I really like Kyler Gordon's game. So I would I would not be mad at that. I know a lot of people would. Um, not necessarily a need. I think they're they're fine rolling with Graham Jr. at the other corner besides Jalen Johnson, but Kyler Gordon is an upgrade in my opinion. He's underrated in a very good corner. Now we get down to the Pacific Northwest corner of the draft with 40 and 41. Another double shot and a lot of control here. It can take whoever you want. Um, in terms of Seattle's needs, we're looking at OT, QB, and uh, Kyler Gordon would have been a good fit for them, could have stayed at home and played corner. Um, up top at nine, we leaned towards Icky, so they've got their tackle. And that leaves them, interestingly, staring at quarterback with a quarterback that they have a link to. Yeah, I was kind of thinking Corral here. Because it would make sense, man. I, I, I wouldn't and hate go it. Corral. Booth Ooh, Jr. Booth is, a, is there too. He's Ooh. a little below the old physical profile, but again, the defense is different. Ken Norton Jr. out, Clint Hurt in as the defensive coordinator, and they brought over uh, the new uh, <laughs> defensive assistant, I guess, and Sean Desai, who's kind of collaborating with her to run the defense and he would know what to do with Andrew Booth Jr. Certainly because he was a longtime DB coach. Um, be a, it'd be a big upgrade uh, in their secondary, but I think they might be okay with the corners. Whereas I'm not sure they're okay with the quarterbacks. I, I don't believe them when they say that they have faith in Drew Locke. I just, I don't believe them. So I, I hope I don't believe them. <laughs> bringing in Corral as competition kind of like how it's not that dissimilar i'm i'm not saying he's russell wilson he's not but it's not that dissimilar to when you know they brought in russell wilson as a day two pick when they signed um uh matt flynn 
was it, it was Flynn, right? Or was yep, it Tavares? Matt, no, it was yeah, Matt Flynn. It was Matt Flynn. Uh, you know, when they signed him and then they brought in Russell as here's, a backup. Here's the thing, and Russell though. Ended Do you really him. think that Pete doesn't pound the table for, like, Brees Hall? Specifically Brees Hall more than Oh, more Pete than would be Walker. obsessed with Brees Hall. Yeah. I, I actually think him. he has some running backs later that he's – there are a couple – couple of guys there's always as you know running back is one of my favorite positions to scout there are always a couple of running backs as i go through that i put a little star by like pete carroll like sincere mccormick i was like oh geez this is this is a pete carroll guy through and through but i would say value wise again we've got some decent receivers still on the board sky Moore would look really good uh, in a Seahawks uniform, so would Mechie. Mechie would be tremendous for whoever, whichever quarterback. But again, you got to get the quarterback. Um, Just because of their current quarterback situation, this is one of the only teams I'm willing to do this for. I would I would lean Corral just to see what he's got. Because I think now that, you know, you got to tackle with Aquano. They have good receivers. Well, at least a good yeah. receiving duo. It's thin, but they've got guys. Mm-hmm. If there was if there was a place that Corral could go, you know, and and get playing time early with a supporting cast around him in a system that they're going to run the ball so damn much that it'll probably kind of protect him a little bit anyway. Yeah, I I could see Corral having success there. So I, I would not make that pick for every team, but for the Seahawks, I would. All right, Matt Corral uh, with his links to Lane Kiffin and of course Monty Kiffin's connection to Pete Carroll, longtime connection at USC. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Matt Corral ends up in the Seahawks quarterback room. And now they've got another pick. Uh, So now we can pick that receiving threat. We can pick the corner. Uh, They're pretty set at safety. They're pretty set at interior offensive line. But there's Tyler Smith. Jeez. Um, uh, You know, uh, Travis Jones is a rotational guy in the middle of their defense to be the absolute rock. Uh, There's a million ways they could go. Oh, Boy, Christian I know, Christian I Harris. know. Yikes! But at the same time, there's a lot of good linebackers in this class. I fully agree. Um, I think okay, we invested in Matt Corral. Let's make him successful. Sure. Let's let's get receiver. Let's okay. let's at least try to do right by him. Sky Moore. Well, here's the thing. You know my feelings on Jahan Dotson and that he is really good, but I think really good in the slot, and that's. Quite frankly, if he's going to break into the Seahawks receiving core, that's where he's going to play, right? Lockett's going to hold down one side. DK's going to hold down the other side. And, and Jahan Dotson's got to beat out, you know, Freddie Swain. Like, done. Well, who's the Who's the other kid they just took? Um, um, uh, uh, Eskridge. Michigan. Yeah, Dwayne Eskridge. Eskridge. I, Jahan Dotson has to beat out Dwayne Eskridge. Done. Like, I... I fully believe that. So, or you run Eskridge and Jahan Dotson as, you know, dual slots on the inside. Yikes. Like, try and cover those. I don't think that you can go wrong if you're wide receiver four. Let's just say Eskridge beats out Dotson. If you're wide receiver four is Jahan Dotson. 
All right. I think you're doing okay. <laughs> Done. Jahan Dotson comes down to the Northwest. We'll recap Whoa. these picks as we get through. 50 is going to be our last pick because it's the pick of the Chiefs. Uh, but let's recap what happened after Jahan Dotson. The Colts go Trey McBride. Uh, Very on brand. Super on brand for them. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Brees Hall becomes a Falcon. That could be fun. Arthur Blank finding yeah. his, or, you know, running back to be like, all right, Arthur Smith, you, you like big, powerful backs that can go a million miles an hour? Like, how about, how about Brees Hall? Travis Jones to the Browns. Value. Good. Yeah, good refill for the interior of their offensive line. Tyler Smith to the Ravens. Again, the most Raven thing ever. Let's pick a <laughs> brute for the offensive line and probably throw him inside. Now, if he had a chance to stick at tackle, it would be on a team like the Ravens. Sky Moore to the Vikings. Can't say I like that one bit because... Ugh, that's a tough well, receiving core from from a bears pan bears from a bears fan perspective that <laughs> yeah. would hurt i love sky Moore, and you know he look he would be used well in their offense so it's not a bad pick vikings fans it's just that it hurts a little bit jaquan brisker becomes a commander and then this actually we ran this in in simulation before the actual podcast and logan hall got picked both times by the bears what is that yeah i'm not sure what I know the they think they need a three-tech, and they do need a three-tech. I just don't think that three-tech is low. Not with Perry Winfrey on the board. Yeah, so <laughs> I I don't think that three-tech is Logan Hall. But now we're down to our last two picks of our draft controllers. Mm. Um, the Saints at 49, uh, way up top at uh, in the teens. They ended up with, man, Charles Cross and Chris Olave. That's a great double. So that takes their wide receiver and OT off. The other need they have is quarterback, and that would be probably, again, if you want them to contribute this season, that would be a shot at Sam Howell. And not a bad shot. I could see him working into that offense, especially if you're talking about his 2020 tape, not his 2021 tape. But quarterback might not be the thing. If they don't go quarterback, depth chart guy. They definitely uh, need, I, I would say, defensive tackle rejuvenation. So right now they're starting defensive line. Uh, you're looking at uh, Cam Jordan and Mark Davenport on the edges, which is great. Um, you're looking at David Onyemata and Shai Tuttle as your two defensive tackles. And then I'll Albert take, Huggins. I'll take Street. one of those. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I kind of want another one. <laughs> yeah. I'm not disagreeing that, you know, Perrion Winfrey is the sort of obvious choice in this range. Um, they have anybody at edge that's just really big? Cameron Thomas would be more. Well, Cameron Thomas would be like the Cam Jordan in training replacement, which I don't hate either. Well, oh, um, I forgot. They all, they also took Peyton Turner last year. So they kind of, they have oh, enough yeah, Cameron no, Jordans yeah, yeah. in training. Yeah, yeah no, correct. Um, I don't know. It would be. It's really between Winfrey and Mathis, and for me, that's they're more similar than you might think. But uh, Winfrey's the more classic three tech. Yeah, it depends right. if you want a three or if you want a nose. Yeah, the three is is Winfrey for sure, and Fedarian Mathis actually I think works better as a three. Or actually, I think is I think I listed his best position as four I. So yeah, um, not Which they don't really they don't really do a yeah, whole lot of that. Not so. great fits for them. Um, they don't really need linebacker either because right now they're linebacker. You know, you got Demario Davis who somehow is never aging. Yeah, uh, Pete Werner stepped up pretty big for them. Yep, Pete uh, Werner played got, great as a rookie. 
Zach Bond is your other other oh, linebacker. Uh, corner, you got Paulson Adebo, Marshawn Lattimore, PJ Williams. Yeah, I don't your need safeties, that. Uh, Marcus May. Oh, they CJ. got Marcus right. So oh, they brought in Daniel Sorensen. I forgot about that too. What about um, interior offensive line? You want to double up on tackle? You want to give him so, another target? They got Andrews Pete, Eric McCoy, Cesar Ruiz. Yeah, Cesar Ruiz. They put a lot of money into that. So. Hmm. <laughs> I think it just depends on how much you like Pete and Ruiz, to be honest. Yeah, and they they seem to like both of them. Um, at you know, from a value perspective, if we go all, obviously corners pretty well stacked. Ajabo doesn't really fit for them. Um, running back room. So you got Alvin Kamara, and you got Mark Ingram, Tony Jones, favorite of Sean Payton, who's no longer there. I, I mean, know. man, Kenneth Walker with Alvin I, I feel like Kenneth Walker might be the biggest value pick right here. Like you said, they don't really need linebacker. I think Christian Harris is a great player. We talked about Perrion Winfrey. We talked about Sam Howell, but if they're not sold on Howell's skill set or they're waiting to next year. But Kenneth can, Walker. Can I, can I interject slightly? Yeah. What would you rather have? Andrew Booth now, just because you can, and, I don't know, Keontae Ingram later. Yeah. Or Kenneth Walker now and some corner who's not anywhere close to Andrew Booth later. Uh, you know, you're not going to have to try and sell me on the fact that there's a ton of running back depth in this draft uh, because I'm, you know, I'm a huge Ty Chandler fan. There, but there's it's not just him. There's so many um, all the way down the board. It's just that Kenneth Walker is both of our RB1s, right? And we're, at, you know, we're 49 now. We're solidly in the middle of the second round. Like, second round running back, I'm fine with. You hold control. And if he's that dynamic, maybe you take him there for the extra 10%. They just got Paulson Adebo. Uh, they got Marshawn Lattimore. Um, I don't know. It just seems like a big double up. And the running back room seems a lot emptier. And if you can get a Kenneth Walker, you do that. Okay. You sold me. Okay. Let's just do it. Kenneth Walker becomes... A saint. So, with the final pick in our draft controllers draft, it's Kansas City rounding out the top 50. Uh, Kansas City, in terms of what we already have for them, all stacked up at the end of the first round George Pickens and AK from Penn State. That is not a terrible haul. Um, really gives them flexibility as they move into this 50th pick. Uh, they don't really have to have anything. Um, because well, those are their biggest needs, but corner is the one, and that, Booth yeah. sitting there is, I don't know, that seems pretty golden. I don't think they would pass on that, put it that way. It's almost too easy. Cause, right. So, you know, we got Rashad Fenton, um, who's okay as, like, a number two corner, in my opinion. You know, DeAndre Baker, we'll see what happens with him. Uh, you know, you got LeJarius Sneed, who I know they really like as a nickel. He can flex outside a little bit, but I think he's better as a nickel, personally. Um, I still think they need another outside corner, and I think them passing on Andrew Booth here would just kind of be malpractice because he fits exactly what they like. Yeah. No, I the 23rd-ranked player, you know, even if you don't have Booth that high, if you have a need for corner and you're twice that, you're at 50 and a player from anywhere in the 20s at a position of need who has a very clean sheet in terms of tape is there, 
you just do it. So Andrew yeah. Booth Jr. is going to become a chief, and their hall becomes <laughs> Pickens, AK, and Andrew Booth Jr. in the top 50. That's... Uh, that's as that's as good as you can get and this is a team that you know had to reload uh and, and you know they 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 had to make some financial moves and then get picks back and then use those picks to reload and damn straight they did so that's our draft controllers mock draft for 2022 all the teams with three or more picks in the first 50 selections and just looking at the sum total now that we're done Lions come away with Trayvon Walker at two, although turns out they could have waited for an edge until the end of the first round. At the end of the first round, they take a big swing on Christian Watson for that fifth year of control, hoping that he'll add that explosive element to the wide receiver core and a year of development. So presumably when they get their quarterback of the future next year, uh, Watson's up to speed. And then Desmond Ritter as that developmental quarterback that might be the quarterback of the future. Looking at Houston, we got Derek Stingley Jr. at number three overall, who I think is a lockdown corner and perfectly fits, you know, what they want in their team culture. We have Garrett Wilson at 13th overall, and then Jalen Petre, who's, you know, the the ultimate Swiss Army knife, playing at safety, playing at nickel, uh, great locker room leader. Like, this is a very Houston draft. Yeah, like you said, high-character football guys. In terms of the Chiefs, they lead it off with George Pickens at wide receiver. Fantastic option for Mahomes down the field. Arnold Abikitty, who we both think is one of the top-tier edges in this class, and they grab him at 30. Um, in reality, I don't think he'll be there, but if he is, <laughs> Chiefs fans will celebrate. Again, Andrew Booth Jr. at 50, which seems like a steal. And we were really only running the draft to 50, but to finish up and get our results, we grabbed Christian Harris. What the heck at 62? Um, that's, I believe, a haul that would cause some partying in Kansas City. Yeah, just just a little bit. Probably not as much uh, as New Orleans is going to be partying, looking at their haul. Not that they really need an excuse to party. Uh, we got Charles Cross at 16, which absolutely will not happen in the real draft. But, uh, you know, anything can happen in these kind of computer-generated mocks. So we just kind of went with it and got the best value we could. Chris Olave at 19 also uh, is a really, really solid pick for them. And then Kenneth Walker at 49, just because he's one of the 32 best players, and uh, we felt like the value was there. Yeah, it fills out their running back room really nicely. New York Giants fans, I don't know what they would do if they had this draft because they're used to <laughs> Dave Gettleman drafts. So Evan Neal at five is had they basically had their pick a tackle. They pick Evan Neal to lead off as their left tackle of the future. Jameson Williams as hopefully their alpha deep threat for a long time in the Big Apple. And Jermaine Johnson at 36, still hanging around into the second round. Speaking of things that won't happen, Giants fans, don't get your hopes up. But if it did and they came away with Neil Williams and Johnson from their first three picks, there would be a lot of partying in the city. So far, I think we're actually we're doing pretty good for every single team here. Not going to lie. Yeah, I think we're doing all right. Uh, for the Jets, I mean, this one might be even the best out of all of them. So we got Sauce Gardner at four, Drake London at 10 to fill probably the two biggest needs on the roster. Boye Mafe, uh, Mafe, excuse me, from Minnesota as yet another edge rusher, just because. Uh, and then on the off chance that, you know, Mekhi Becton is, 
is not working out, which we're still not entirely sure what's going on there. Uh, we got Bernhard Ryman as a uh, developmental tackle, at worst case scenario. He's a swing tackle and, uh, you know, kind of protects them from injury, both at right and left tackle, because I think he can step in and, and start some games for him and be pretty effective there. So uh, hell of a haul there for the Jets. Yeah, year two of their rebuild uh, takes some serious jet fuel right there. They're, that's an acceleration. And looking at the Seahawks draft, we rounded out. Uh, they pick up Icky at nine to be their left tackle. Matt Corral to supplement or uh, we'll say supplement their quarterback room. Hopefully, I would imagine they hope he beats out Drew Locke. Um, as their quarterback moving forward. And then Jahan Dotson as either their third or fourth wide receiving option doesn't really matter. I would imagine he'd be their third wide receiving option in short order, and that makes a very dangerous offense for opposing defenses. So like you said, I don't think any of these teams came out on the short end of the stick. I don't feel like as we went through, again, these many teams, we're talking about seven or eight teams here that have three picks in the top 50 always kind of feels like one of them would probably get squeezed. It doesn't feel like that at all to me. And, and really, I think that's the argument, the counter argument to anybody saying this draft is weak or lacks talent or anything else. We, we just ran through eight team needs and I feel like pretty much got something great for all of them. Yeah. This, this mock draft right here is the poster child for, why we're saying this class is really, really deep. It obviously doesn't have the same flash at quarterback, but I mean, God, just look at this for seven teams or whatever it was. We got solid three to four pick packages for every single team that I don't think anybody can be disappointed with. So this is a very deep, very entertaining draft class to me. And I think anybody that says it's a bad class Uh, has not been paying attention all right well that wraps up our draft pods before we actually get into the actual 2022 nfl draft we will be kicking it off on wednesday evening 5 p.m pacific time we'll be going for a couple of hours with a live stream just to let everybody blow off steam and get excited for the first round that shows up on thursday we'll be kicking that off an hour before round one starts and of course carrying you all the way through round one kicking off half an hour on friday before rounds two and three and half an hour on saturday before all the hardcores go four through seven and we finish up the draft with all of you can't wait gonna be an excellent time we will see you all very soon uh make sure to bring an appropriate amount of drinks because we sure will and uh yeah we'll see you guys uh, when what is it this comes out This comes out Wednesday, so we'll see you tomorrow, I think, probably. (laughs) Later. Take care.